0: You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, here with Locked On Warriors. Thanks for everybody tuning in. Uh, I'm Wes Goldberg, the Warriors beat writer for San Jose Here with Brady Clocker from Edsby Nation. Brady, what's going on, man? Good to see you.
1: Good to see you too, Wes. Huh? doing well man just trying to still recover from from vegas it always takes a long time after summer league
0: have you gotten the cigarette smoke out of your clothes yet
1: oh man they've had to go through the wash twice i'm not gonna lie but i think i finally got them out
0: um i was in vegas for i think four days and that was long enough between the heat and just the perpetual vegasness of it all um even like having worked every day all day and just getting a few hours go out a little bit and look I like to go out late at night in vegas i like to stay up until the early morning i like to do the vegas thing when i'm in vegas even for work this time i just didn't have it in me did you have a takeaway from your vegas
1: honestly like that's how i've been every time i've gone it's like because i'm the same way like i like to stay up late out you know even after a hard work day i like to go out and have some fun but summer league is just a different game you know there's you spend so much time working and you spend so much time watching really bad basketball and like you get to the end of the day and you're just like, I'm not sure how much more I can do. And, and then there's so many people that, you know, there, uh, but you just don't really have it in you. So I was pretty much the same way. I had like one night where I just like inadvertently stayed out late in my hotel, just like chopping it up with a bartender and, and playing some right. penny slots and stupid stuff like that. But I had, I did not have it in me to like actively seek out, any vegas entertainment
0: yeah call chris angel show that was about the most i've never done like a show in vegas that so was the first time i've done all right i did i have one year but nobody cares about that um chris angel is actually pretty entertaining 150 a ticket or 100 a ticket
1: that sounds right. super fun honestly
0: yeah he did about seven tricks through and a half uh, or illusions, I guess. That I, don't, I think they don't like it when they when you call them tricks. Uh, but it did remind me a lot of Job from Arrested Development, if that's a reference. <laughs> to anybody else understands, it's just a whole lot of dancing and music in between. That
1: sounds perfect. Um, all
0: right. Um, so let's talk about our topics day. Uh, we will get to some of the schedule that we learned um, this week. We'll play again Christmas for the ninth straight year. Uh, we know what they're going to be doing on opening night. We know we know how and when Open Chase Center for the 21-22 season. We'll talk a bit about the news here. Today is this morning? Uh, Draymond Green dropped his interview with uh, part of his Chips podcast video series thing for Bleacher Report. Um, this is the way I get the launch show. To- gates strong and he certainly did that uh talking a, about a lot of things with kevin durant and i actually thought it was pretty well done uh especially by but um, and kevin durant was very and open the way to be i see Draymond teammates or current teammates but i'm bearing the lead here they, they talked about the in which for the remember which i can't imagine that you back in in november game. Kevin Durant got really upset. They argued on the sidelines and national TV. And it blew up and a talking point for that night and for the rest of the season. Actually, Kevin Durant left. And a lot of people blame Draymond Green and that argument for KD's departure in 2019 when he, of course, with Brooklyn. While talking with um, Draymond on the podcast, I'm going to read here. Draymond uh, said, quote, it wasn't the argument. It was the way that everybody kerr acted like it didn't happen bob myers tried to just discipline and thought that that and thought would put the mask over everything he continued to say how over the course of the season steve kerr bob myers the warriors just sort of danced around it acted like it never happened and he felt like they out as a team and that the front office just got either too involved or in some instances not involved enough brady what to you did you find interesting about that part of the interview
1: First off, I thought it was just fascinating albeit not surprising that Draymond was pretty openly critical of Bob Myers and and kind of the entire organization. Um, I don't think that should be shocking with Draymond. We we know that he's not going to censor himself and we know that that's not an indictment necessarily of of people he's criticizing. I think he would, you know, criticize his kid or his mom if publicly if he felt he needed to, probably still going to love them, you know? So, you know, I don't think that means there's there's any rift there or anything that I'm, I'm sure some fans will run with. Steve Kerr is hated by Draymond Green. Bob Myers is hated by Draymond Green. and I don't think any of that, but it's still kind of always a little shocking even with Draymond to just hear a player under contract with a team be that critical um, publicly about the organization. Uh, but I thought they both had really good points, and I, and I thought kind of my my biggest takeaway and the thing I found most interesting about it was – is just a reminder that athletes and particularly star athletes have their own language they have their own way of communicating and i think it's always dangerous when a team tries to meddle with that when a team tries to kind of censor that or force any of that language and you know i thought it was very telling when steve nash joined the warriors for his short stint and and steve kerr basically said i can't communicate with Steph and and KD the way that someone like Nash can, because I was a role player. I don't know what it's like to be a star. And Steve Nash knows what it's like to be a star. So in hindsight, it's it's kind of surprising that that the Warriors didn't apply that to this situation and, and realize, yeah, Bob Myers, you played college basketball. Yeah, Steve Kerr, you played as a role player, as a sixth man. You don't really know necessarily the best way for two Hall of Fame players to communicate with each other and to hash something out. Um, and to hear KD basically say, like, we should have just hashed it out as a team. Um, easier said than done. But right. I think there's a lot of truth in that. And and I think, you know, at the time I was critical of the Warriors for suspending Draymond. I, I didn't think that that really accomplished anything. And, and it felt to me like it was a desperate move to try to appeal to KD. Um, so it's kind of interesting hearing it in hindsight to have KD saying, why did you do that? I didn't want you to do that. Uh, So that that was the most interesting takeaway for me, I think.
0: Yeah, and and I agree with you. And it is interesting to see the different responses that Bob Myers and Steve Kerr had, right? Bob Myers is the former attorney, right? Former agent guy. Like, of course, he's going to try to get in there and mediate, right? Hey, I'm going to try to broker an apology between Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. And when that doesn't happen, I'm going to punish Draymond Green with a suspension. And I think think that was a fair suspension, uh, but it obviously wasn't effective right? And, and I think those are two very different things. Yeah. Um, you know, conduct conduct detrimental to the team, one game suspension typically makes sense. Uh, so that was Bob Myers, former attorney, former agent. That was his approach. I thought that made sense. An approach that I didn't think made a whole lot of sense, which I found very interesting, was the Steve Kerr approach. They're both agreeing, hey, he kind of just pretended like it never happened. And we know the Steve Kerr, ethos that he's trying but the atmosphere he's trying to create is that kumbaya mentality that whole atmosphere around the team we get that and for the most part he's done really well and i still think that he's probably the perfect coach to have led the kevin durant warriors for the most part i thought he handled it really well but in this specific instance i think he failed his team and i i would bet that if you if we were to talk to steve Kerr right now he he might agree with that uh it sounds like he just took a hands-off approach you know what i don't really know what to do and granted, this is just from the point of view of two of the players and not from Steve Kerr, but it sounds like he just completely took the hands off. And when KD said, hey, we were supposed, if we're supposed to stand for open lines of communication and all- and being good teammates and all of this stuff, uh, we didn't do that. And you could tell that that bothered him. And the, I guess the hypocrisy of that specific instance and what that represented to, to, to KD very much bothered him. And, and. Helped at least contribute to his decision to leave in 2019. I I do wonder if Steve Kerr could go back if he would redo it because it just does that whole thing just didn't feel in line with what it is that he tends to do and and did right not just now but did during most of those three years.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of funny thinking about Steve Kerr's past and you know everything that led to him being Warriors coach. And you know, the two things I always think about with Steve Kerr is well, he spent a lot of years. Uh, playing for Greg Popovich, who obviously a very different coaching style there. um, and, and you were, I'm sure, on the receiving end of a lot of pop tirades. And then the other thing I always think of is being punched by Michael Jordan. Um, and like, that's not something I would advocate for as a solution to any problem. But I'm guessing it was a pretty effective one to whatever the problem was that day. With the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, obviously, I don't think that anyone should have gotten punched in this particular Warrior scenario, but for all of the success that Kerr has had with his Kumbaya approach, um, he's been in a lot of situations where he should have learned that sometimes you got to stick your nose into things. Sometimes you got to let tensions get high. Uh, Sometimes you got to hash things out in a very uncomfortable way and, and bring people in and and sit down and work through things. And um, so I agree. It was, it was a weird, it was a weird approach by him with all that said, I don't think we should lose sight of the fact that in my opinion, nothing that happened changed anything. Like I think Kevin Durant was gone, no matter how this situation played out. I think had he and clay Thompson stayed healthy, they would have won the championship regardless of how fractured, the locker yeah. room might've been. So I don't think there were actually any repercussions here other than all that yeah. we now get to talk about it and criticize.
0: I mean, it's interesting, but this is being framed blog posts and that as the reason why Kevin Durant left. And it had been back then, Hey, argument with Draymond, that's why he's out. Uh, and now it's sort of being reframed. But again, in an inaccurate way, like This one, the one way that this front office and, and coaching staff handled it pushed Kevin Durant off the door. Draymond even said in the beginning of the interview, I knew you were out of here anyway. And Kevin Durant essentially right. he didn't go so far as to say, yeah, I was out. That was definitely gonna be my last year. But he did say his primary motivation for playing that season was to three peat because it is such a rare thing in the NBA, and it is a very rare thing in the NBA. It sounds like had they accomplished the three peat, he still would have said, You know what? At least I have that now. That's something that I have done, which is one of the rarest things in the NBA that a star player's ever done. Probably if you know, I assume he would have been finals MVP for the third third straight year as well. I mean, that that just doesn't happen, right? Like, that's Michael Jordan territory. And so, uh, had he accomplished that, he might have still been on his way to Brooklyn. And look, there's been a lot about the, the departure of Kevin Durant and everything. Like, but if we're to believe that he and Kyrie Irving agreed months in advance to assemble in New York, then I don't, I agree. Like, none of this stuff even really mattered. Uh, yeah. but it just, it, there's so many layers here. Uh, it's almost like you could write a book on it, or actually, it's almost like, a thousand authors have written a thousand books on all this stuff. Um, we will talk about the fallout of the interview next, but first, let's talk about sweat block. Uh, there are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing, isn't it? Some of you may know what I'm what, what I'm talking about. I've personally dealt with this. When I speak in public, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. It's true. Now, listen. I know this isn't life and death. Uh, there are much worse problems. In the world but let's be honest in the moment it feels like it's a big deal nobody likes to pit out during an important speech interview or worse first date i'd much rather not worry about it that's why i use sweat block antiperspirant wipes sweat block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants you simply apply it the night before go to bed and then the next morning you wake up wash go about the rest of your day and you don't have to worry about sweat guaranteed i know this is going to sound too good to be true but i literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week and it keeps me dry the entire time no more pitting out, no more picking my shirt based on which one will hide the sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out SweatBlock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or on Amazon or at CVS. Let's also take a moment to talk about Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. If you're an elite athlete or someone like me just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you wanna treat your muscle tension from working out or an injury or just the stress of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen makes uh, you feel like you're, holding something out of the future. Just go to their site, check it out. The Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria share hundreds of thousands of customers and me. Try Theragun 30 days, only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on therabody.com slash locked on all right here with brady klopfer from sb nation we are talking all things uh draymond green and kevin durant in that um very interesting interview that came out uh before we get to some of the potential fallout brady did anything else strike you from that interview as interesting uh
1: i don't know if this is necessarily interesting because i don't think it should be surprising but it is surprising to a lot of people but every time I see katie and, and Draymond kind of talk and and Dre was on Katie's podcast a, a year ago or so, it's just a reminder that they're good, you know they they have a lot of respect for each other. They're not in there trying to throw arms at each other every time they're in a room they they just won the Olympic gold medal and celebrated together. um you know i I deal with a lot of warriors fans on a on a daily basis who think that Draymond Green is a huge part of the Warriors problems that he ran Kevin Durant out of town and other players are scared to join the Warriors because they don't want to be around that treatment and get run out the way that KD did and get criticized and, and abused and, and yada yada. And these guys are professional athletes. These things happen. I mean, these things happen in most high school teams, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I just think. Every time that we have something like this come up, it's a reminder that these guys are totally fine. They they enjoy each other. You know, maybe they're not gonna be best mans at each other's weddings, but like there's no there's no big rivalry or rift or any animosity between these two players. It's just two professional players competing at the highest level and, and these things happen. And I think a lot of people need to be reminded of that regularly. And and I think this helps with that.
0: I do think that scuffles like this, disagreements like this, arguments like this happen on a day-to-day basis across the NBA. It just so happened that we saw this one play out on TV. Mm-hmm. There is an element of that that maybe adds to the embarrassment, adds to just how much it blows up and the media coverage and how much it's talked about, not only around the team, but amongst the team themselves. I get that. Had that not happened on the sideline, I don't think John Green gets suspended for a game. If it happened in the locker room, it just never gets talked about and that's it, right? Um mm-hmm. and so yeah, obviously the fact that it happened the way it did contributed to the fallout of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think back to just, you know, a few weeks ago where Draymond Green wins Draymond team USA wins the gold medal. Kevin Durant is going on his Instagram live, and who is it that's next to him in the in the tunnel walking off the court? Right? Like the me about that is I thought these two dudes hated each other, right? And I didn't, but that was what we've been made to believe. Or what like you said a lot of fans on twitter in sense of our you know posts would have to believe um they clearly do not there is clearly a, just a different to to understand how competitive these guys are to understand what it took to get to where they are we'll just never understand it right like it's just a very specific kind of person that is in the nba and a very even more specific kind of person who's at the top of their game the way that KD and Draymond are so um that's that to me was 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 sort of interesting as far as the fallout from this, there are people wondering if Draymond Green is going to be punished in any sort of way by the Warriors for speaking out on this. Uh, do you see anything happening because of this? Whether it's some sort of a or or maybe some social pressure or anything like that?
1: I would be pretty surprised if if anything happened. I mean, especially given the nature of what he was saying, is is you know, they're basically critiquing the Warriors for trying to intervene with him. If they try to then intervene for him saying that, that just looks really bad. Um, you know, I think I think the Warriors for the most part understand who Draymond is. Um I'm sure that Steve Kerr and Draymond Green have had a hundred arguments in private for everyone that we've learned about in public. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure that Draymond Green and and Bob Myers have hashed it out a few times. And yet, you know, there at Summer League, they were sitting next to each other for a full game, talking to each other. And Bob Myers in the draft is talking about how Draymond Green is blowing up his phone, telling him that he should pick Kaminga and Moody. Like it's, it's Draymond being Draymond. Like you said, most of us can't relate to to the personalities that these athletes have and, and the mindsets they have to have had to have gotten them this far to begin with. Um, and, you know, Steph Curry has said this. He's he's said a million times, Dre's going to yell at him if he messes up. That's yeah. just the person Dre is. He's, he's not going to pull punches. And even though I think the Warriors handled this situation clunkily, I think for the most part over Dre's 10 or so years with the organization, I think they've, for the most part, done a pretty good job of understanding that this is who he is and you got to let him be who he is because that's how you get the best elements of him. So I would be, I would be pretty surprised if anything negative comes of this. And they knew about this.
0: Like they knew this is how
1: Draymond felt because
0: he told us the story. He told them how he felt about all of this that night and the next morning. He said, he told them flat out, this is this is how I feel about it. So if Bob Myers or Steve Kerr or anybody are watching this interview, I don't think anything that Draymond says is going to be surprising, right? And maybe the only thing that surprises them is what Kevin Durant says and the way that he agrees with them, but I don't even think that that's true. I think they've been around K- KD that they know that he would probably agree with Draymond in this situation. And like I said, I would bet, in hindsight, both Bob and Steve would probably say, you know what, we could have handled that better. I would bet at this point, the way that, you know, that – I know them in, in the way that they tend to be uh, about these types of things. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think much is, I don't think anything is going to come of this. I don't think it's particularly revealing in any sort of way. Um, final thoughts on the interview. Again, I thought Draymond did a really nice job with it. I think he's been really awesome with all of these things that he's done for Turner, whether it be on Inside the NBA or, or this uh, very, very clear that he's going to have a career in media when he's all done, all done, right?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, assuming that's that's what he wants, he is so talented. He's he's seems like it's what he wants. It does, yeah. I mean, if like he's the planting box. the seeds now, then he's got to be. I mean, in a way, like I don't want to, I don't want to be critical of anyone else here, but I feel like Draymond fills the role that everyone kind of wants Charles Barkley to fill, mm-hmm. where he's like he's funny. And he'll hit you hard. He's not afraid to to crack a joke or or have a pretty serious criticism. But he's also very serious and very intelligent mm-hmm. and just has a great way of breaking down the game, breaking down plays, explaining situations from a player's viewpoint. Um, and that is is just such a talent to be able to play on both sides of those things because you look at most uh, – network shows or broadcast teams and it's usually like you've got the funny guy and you've got the analyst and right. and dre can do both of those things which i think is is very important and the other part of it kind of my my last big takeaway from it that isn't at all surprising is he's so good at being self-critical which i think is vital uh especially if you're in a position like he's in and and that's another part of why i think that it would be silly if the warriors made any deal out of this is because it's not like he was putting the blame on Steve Kerr or Bob Myers. You know, he was very firmly saying "KD and I messed up and we needed to talk it out. Um, He has never shied away from the fact that he erred in that situation and, and truthfully never really shies away from when he errs. And I think that's a, what makes him a great player and it's what makes him a great broadcaster
0: and a great leader in that locker room too, right? I mean, he's willing to dish it out, but he's willing to take it too. He said in that interview, "Hey, I'm the first guy to go way overboard." And he's mentioned to us as beat reporters and several times, "Hey, sometimes I I go too far out of bounds and I need to come back in." But that's just the, why but I, he need he understands that he has to accept that of himself in order for him to, you know, function the way that he wants to function on the court and, and play to the, how he how he plays. Um all right. It feels like the season just ended and already we have some news on next year, specifically when it's going to start and who the Warriors are going to play on opening night. We'll get to that next first. Let's talk about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everybody. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. And if you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors by now, well, you're missing out. and You're probably not listening to this podcast very much. They have coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, Cookies and cream and German chocolate. My favorite flavor is basically all the fruit ones that are covered in chocolate. Fruit covered in chocolate is a winning formula Uh, to slam dunk every single time. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can uh, do so by getting a mixed box. You're going to get two each of nine flavors so you can help uh, or so you can help yourself pick out your own favorite. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories from 130 to 180. Only four to five grams of sugar, only four to five grams of net carbs. People, this is your protein bar that tastes good and works for every single diet. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to built.com, use that promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off on your next order. Again, use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Let's also take a moment to talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. For the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, back here with Brady Clopper from SB Nation. We're talking all things Warriors. Uh, just got done chatting about the Draymond Green, Kevin Durant video uh, and interview. Now let's move on to some of the news um, that the Warriors will indeed play on Christmas Day. They're going to play the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix on Christmas. It'll be their ninth straight appearance on Christmas. I think it's 12 of the last 13 Christmases they've played on. Are you surprised at all that the Warriors, despite missing the playoffs in back-to-back seasons, are playing again on Christmas?
1: Not even a little bit. I, I think I think it was a guarantee just because of the season that Steph Curry had last year. Um, you know, I think how good the Warriors will be this year is is a very open question, um, and it's going to take a while before we know the answer to it. But I think the season that Steph Curry had last year firmly put them back as one of the absolute must see teams in the NBA and and I think it was a given that they'd that they'd be playing on on really most if not all of the marquee games because I think Steph Curry is is the second biggest attraction in the NBA behind LeBron James and it is a players league more than a team team league and as long as Steph Curry is playing at the level that he played at last year or anywhere close to it, I think the Warriors are going to be one of the biggest attractions in the NBA.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And the numbers bear that out, right? The ratings say yeah. LeBron James is number one, Steph Curry teams are number two. And that's why the LeBron James, Steph Curry play in matchup was the, the highest rated NBA game in two years to that point <laughs> before the playoffs started. And I could feel a lot of the listeners sort of roll, who follow me on Twitter, rolling their eyes right now at me because I think they know where I want to take this, but I, I, I got some heat from Warriors fans yesterday who I, I tweeted something to the effect that it's crazy that the Warriors are playing on Christmas. Uh and I probably should have chosen my words better as a journalist. Uh the word crazy, I, I don't mean crazy as in bad, like crazy like, or crazy as it doesn't make sense. I just mean like crazy, like bananas. Like, wow, that's amazing. Like, hey, this burger is so good. It's crazy, kind of crazy. Like, um, that's what I meant crazy. But It is crazy in that way. Like This is a team that has not made the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. I understand they have Steph. And this is more a reflection on just how watchable and how much of a star Steph Curry is. And without Steph, the Warriors aren't playing in the postseason. You saw the Miami Heat. They've been in the playoffs the last two years. They're a year removed from the NBA Finals. They're not playing on Christmas because they were a first-round-out team in the playoffs. And that's a team in a major market with star power. Not Steph Curry level star power, but Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo—those are known guys. Um, and so, I just, to me, usually, not to me, but usually, these Christmas Day showcases are reserved for the most successful teams. And I do think that there are some NBA teams who roll their eyes a little bit on the Warriors getting back on it uh, because they're like, "Hey, we've been in the playoffs, and we're not getting, we're not getting invited, getting invited to this very lucrative Christmas Day showcase where we want to." put our players on display and yet the Warriors have missed the playoffs for two straight years and yet they're still getting these showcases they haven't missed the Christmas day game yet and it's solely because of Steph Curry and I just say this as to point out don't take it for granted you know just how special Steph is it has everything to do with him I'm not saying that the Warriors shouldn't play on Christmas in fact they absolutely should because the ratings bear it out I'm just saying how rare and and unique this specific situation is and it has everything to do with Steph
1: yeah, I mean, if if Steph had decided this offseason, hey, I don't like you anymore, Warriors. I'm demanding a trade to the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets would be playing on Christmas, and the Warriors right. would not be playing on Christmas. <laughs> like, it's not that the Warriors are playing on Christmas; it's that Steph Curry is playing yeah. on Christmas. Uh, Clay
0: might and not. And that be is crazy. Like I fully you. agree. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, Clay might not be back on Christmas. We'll. Uh, we still. We're, we're thinking maybe late December, maybe early january uh for his potential return early 2022 but it doesn't matter because they have Steph, and that's that's all that matters and it's the same reason why they played on christmas uh last year right is because yeah they were coming off of a 15 win season but steph was coming back from a broken right hand like as long as he's there what and like you said whatever team he plays for if he got traded to the indiana pacers uh the indiana pacers would be playing on christmas um the warriors opened the season in los angeles i will say this one one last thing on Christmas um i do think their punishment for not making the playoffs is that they don't get to host it they do have to go to phoenix that to me at least makes some sense if they got to host (laughs) the game on christmas i think that there would have been a lot of teams raising some hands and saying you know what this ain't right um they do open the season on the road again in los angeles against the lakers a rematch of that playing game that we were talking about before um and then they open chase center a couple nights later. So they open the season October 19th in Los Angeles. They open Chase Center October 21st against the Clippers. So right off the bat, the Lakers and the Clippers. Now those Clippers probably will, or not probably, they will be without Kawhi Leonard at that point, but still a good team who made some noise in the playoffs with Paul George leading them. Uh, What do you make of their first two games?
1: They're going to be fun. And I think they're going to be a little bit telling. I mean, you know, the Lakers have reloaded a little bit and you assume that LeBron and Anthony Davis are both going to be healthy going into the season opener. So, you know, it was kind of a weird playing game last year where the Warriors were kind of running out of steam a little bit and, and the Lakers were not healthy. And it was such a compelling game, but it also. Yeah, LeBron didn't was feel like, three
0: baskets, right? So,
1: yeah. Like, um, so, I mean, that's just great theater. LeBron and Steph yeah. is always going to be great theater. You add in Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Draymond Green. It's just going to be tremendous amounts of fun. But it's also a barometer game. And I, I don't think the Warriors need to win it. By any stretch of the imagination but it's certainly a game where you hope that they look competitive and then you play a clippers team that like you said is is very good even without Kawhi. but they are without Kawhi. um that's going to be a game that helps them set the tone at home that's you know if, if you're really gunning to be a team that can compete for the western conference that's a game that you should feel like you should win even without clay thompson Um, so obviously there's no such thing as anything even resembling a must win game in the first or second game of the season. Uh, but I do think that those games are are pretty good barometers, especially after last year when they looked so terrible after two games. Um, I think these are two games where you have a chance, they have a chance to say, we're, we're a lot better this year. We are actually gunning for the top of the West instead of just for the playoffs.
0: You mentioned the beginning of last year, too. That was supposed to be a barometer. I remember having this conversation about, hey, they open up the season against Brooklyn and against Milwaukee. Yeah. And a lot of people were like, wow, the NBA throwing the, ske- the hardest schedule at the Warriors right off the bat. This is the other side of that Christmas thing, people. If you get to play on Christmas nine years in a row, that means you're a must-see TV. And that means you're going to play tough teams on opening night and through in and, and, and opening week. The NBA has now made it sort of, I don't know if you caught this, but it used to just be opening night and now all the press releases are opening week you know the nba continuing to try to dominate more and more space um some slight some slight of hand there um but uh this is this is the other side of that is hey the opening of every season is going to be a barometer for you if you want to get all the national tv games this is what happens um but you're absolutely right like last year it was very clear that these that that warriors team was not up to snuff with Brooklyn or Milwaukee and it was true Brooklyn probably wins the championship if, they, if they're if they healthy. Milwaukee did win the championship. The Warriors did not make the playoffs. Um, so this is going to be really interesting, uh, starting against the Lakers and against the Clippers. Um, all right, Brady, that'll do it for us today. Thanks so much for hopping on, man. I do appreciate it. Can you please tell the listeners where they can find you and your great work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can you can find all my writing at goldenstateofmind.com and um, some national non-Warriors NBA stuff at sbnation.com. Um, You can find my Twitter at Brady Klopp for NBA, um, where I try to not spam with too much non-warrior stuff, but I sometimes do on accident. Uh, So yeah, check me out at all those places. And Wes, thanks for having me, man. A lot of fun.
0: A lot of fun. Uh, Thanks to all for tuning in on YouTube or listening um, on your podcast app. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening on uh, your podcast app, make sure that you're following along there as well. That'll do it for us today. Thanks for listening.